<laughs> the Shrek metaverse. The Shrek metaverse. Fancy movies you haven't seen with Robert Sharkey. The podcast where I smoke unfiltered cigarettes and talk about why you should only record things on film and then play them on the Criterion Collection. I am joined today by Aaron and Rachel, host of the popular Twitter account Platinum Jubilee All Over Me, where they talk about how great the Queen was. So, folks, what was your favorite war crime? <laughs> I was getting ramped up to talk about uh, Jean Luc Godard, who died. <laughs> this past week and uh I'm all sure of those films so i i uh i pass to rachel what is your favorite war crime specifically <laughs> british yeah yeah in honor of the queen her majesty uh, i don't know there's just so many i i did just see a map of the world of the countries and when they were liberated under British rule or like from British rule. And I was surprised to learn that the most recent one was in the eighties and they were like the Caribbean islands. Yeah. And mm. so, you know, that was fun. But yeah. I, I feel like the, the real fun war crimes, the ones that really expressed the sheer uh, misanthropy of empire were all done like in the, in, in Victoria's reign. Oh, for sure. And uh, everything else just pales in. Con- I mean, my 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 big concern really is what's going to happen to all those corgis. I know, because <laughs> they're little puppers, and they don't. Did they know. say Andrew was taking the corgis? I don't know Andrew? who Andrew is. Andrew, who is he? <laughs> is well, he the, the, the now the disgraced consort? Prince Andrew, the one Jeffrey Epstein's buddy? Oh, was the that child sex guy? Yeah, okay. yeah. It yeah. was he. His her husband? No, no he's her son. But her yeah, son. his like allegedly her favorite son. One of her sons. So Chuck, Chuck is not her favorite son, but he's taking the throne. Correct. All right. He's so the goes, oldest, I think. Yes. Goes, <laughs> <laughs> so it goes, Chuck, Andy. Yeah. Is there another one? There's like a daughter. Isn't there a daughter? There is a daughter. Yeah, but she's not in the with a K and then D Y C E. (laughs) And then it's the grandchildren. I mean, there was another daughter in there that was murdered. Yeah. Um by the queen. (laughs) And and that doesn't really count as a war crime. (laughs) It's a good crime. Monarch and on monarch (laughs) violence is a good crime. I'm for that. On monarch violence, yeah. Yeah, wonder you know if, if you if let's project out a bit. Like, who do we? Where do you think uh, uh, Chuck Three is going to take the the throne? I'm excited for when British feudalism like comes back around. Royal <laughs> who wanted to be a Nazi who was like I think a generation before Elizabeth. The, whatever. Yeah, um, there was that Nazi king who abdicated. Uh, he wait, wanted to yeah. do fascism. Oh. Yeah. Really? He was on the, the Nazi yeah, side? Yeah, he was a huge Nazi. <laughs> okay. So yeah, it was her brother, her dad's brother, right? That was him. 
Yeah. yeah. Okay. All and right. And he was so, like, I want to do a fascism. And they were like, bro, you got to get out of here. Uh, all right. So right. let me ask you guys a question. <laughs> I, I have lived in the UK and I don't give a shit about this. Why do Americans, any Americans give a shit? <laughs> I, no I, I used to work with someone back in Nashville who like fucking loved the the royal family and i never understood like she knew who all of these people were like what what they were lords of and my theory is that like we're not really that intricately or like uh deeply like connected we don't have a good understanding of like what the monarchy in britain has actually done (laughs) and like anything about them and well the whole point is like you know they keep it mysterious right so we don't really know what goes on behind the scenes and so i think that mixed with crimes um yeah (laughs) uh like um like the social media and the shows now that depict them and it's just i think it's just it's more like a celebrity fascination oh fuck i I forgot the crown exists yeah that's probably a part of it which is weird because i really like uh what's her name the the actress who plays elizabeth olivia something coleman she's great yeah she's a great actress she was in um the favorite which is a a fantastic movie uh she was in peep show (laughs) one of the best shows of all time yeah how sick is wool Oh yeah, the fucking royals. The thing. coke-addled maniac. No, but we, we, like I was on the trail in Peru, and we were like laughing. You know, oh, wouldn't it be funny if when we get back into service, we found out Biden died? Well, it turns out it was the queen that died. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so yeah, we were talking about it, and Are yeah, you witches. <laughs> and That's if you look intense. in the background of Rachel's shot, you can see SWAT entering. Boom. <laughs> 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 Yeah, I have sworn to never wish upon things while backpacking because I went backpacking um, in March of 2020 and I was gone for a week. And when it first started, it was like, uh, oh, we had our first COVID case in the U.S. was the week I went backpacking. And for the week I was gone, we were all in the woods joking, like, what if like everyone's fucking dead from COVID when we get back? And then we got out of the woods and we turned on our phones and the news was like, everyone's dead. Don't leave your houses. Yep. And we had emails from our work that was like, never come in again. Fuck off. Go die. And it was like, wow. (laughs) (coughs) This got real. Yeah. I'll do you one better. I've just sworn never to go backpacking. (laughs) Aaron Simon's drive to turn all trees into delis. (laughs) Yes, all trees must be replaced by delis. If you instead don't, of, instead of leaves, it's just knishes and places yeah. just <laughs> falling off the trees. If you donate to his charity, he will cut down one tree and replace it with a deli for every dollar. <laughs> now on Patreon, uh, yeah. you, you yourself can fund uh, the resurgence of the Jewish deli across this country. <laughs> for too long have we been cast under the shade of innumerable Panera breads. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Bomb a Panera bread and turn it into a Jewish deli. Here we that's, go. That's my that's... bitch. Yeah, where you have to fight to the, get to the front of the line to get your bagel, and the bagel person is screaming at you. Exactly. I, it's I... what we deserve. <laughs> when was the last time I went to a Panera? Oh, it was in Nashville. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> over nine years ago. 
That's because they don't right. allow the Jewish in Nashville. <laughs> the Jewish. There, there is, there was, I don't know if it's any good anymore, but there was a good deli uh, in one of the, the areas of town that was pretty good. Was there? Yeah, they stopped serving pickles, though, so, you know, they're race yeah. traders. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, they served oh. them, but you had to ask, and they didn't just have them on the countertop, tabletop, uh, whatever. Those motherfuckers. Yeah. So this so is this a is podcast right. about yeah. delis, right? <laughs> yeah. This is actually the right can't read, a podcast about how conservatism is the opposite of art, so they have to steal left-wing culture. Well, that's and, that's uh, pretty good. Can we use that? Yeah. Going forward? That's yeah. Yeah. all right, I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> so today we're taking a break from our normal discussions of Nazis, uh fringe politics in a specific mid-major American city, or the supple characters of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. <laughs> You know, our three mainstays. to they instead, got good lobes. They do. To instead discuss the greatest movie ever produced, Shrek. Uh-huh. A piece of art so impactful that, to this day, it is still popularly known as the most important thing to happen in 2001. <laughs> Wait, was that, <laughs> was that a 2001 movie? Yeah, it was. Really? Oh, yeah. shit. I'll, I'll, so here, I, all I remember about... Uh, the the background of Shrek is that it it was going to be um Chris Farley, yes, really, yeah, yeah. and then uh, he died, so it was not Chris Farley. And instead, it was Mike Myers. Wow, yeah. Saying about Mike Myers earlier this week, uh, he had he had the bit with uh, just the the Jewish gossipy woman, where he, and he's just oh, it's like I'm the clumped. Discuss amongst yourselves. Peanut is neither a pea nor a nut, and they just like, <laughs> do that face for a little bit. It was, uh, it was pretty funny. <laughs> Aaron is racked by the COVID brain. <laughs> no, I don't have COVID. I have booster. It's the same thing. Bill Gates. I mean, it COVID is COVID and both the booster. It is COVID, so. so I mean, it's just I got the COVID. Yeah. <laughs> um, which doesn't exist, of course. It's it's all fake news yeah (laughs) so listener i hear you shriek what is there left to say about shrek Uh why would we ever need to discuss a movie whose brilliance is so well established you yell into the artistic void that's why we don't we don't have to this is a very short episode i'm sorry to tell you that we have a traitor in our midst it is not rachel rachel is a reasonable and likable human being who has not been turned into a joyless skexis through the ravages of the criterion collection (laughs) our traitor is aaron (laughs) i was watching a movie on the criterion channel just this morning you were it was a movie called blue collar Uh, with uh, richard Pryor. it was great that is actually a very good movie yeah (laughs) Uh, Aaron is the Brutus who wants to kill our big green swamp son. <laughs> he is the Judas who would sell Donkey to Farquaad for a few pieces of silver. This is turning into like a I don't like this. <laughs> he is our Dan who has been the gossip girl all along. What? Oh, nice. <laughs> I don't get that one. You haven't seen Gossip Girl because no. you have a membership of the Criterion Collection. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, meta joke. I knew you were going to not get that one and then say something about it. So I had another joke lined up. I'm so fucking good. Um... Aaron, this is your time to defend yourself before I read you several thousand words about Shrek. Jesus, God. Um, (laughs) It's a fine 
fine movie. I don't, I watched it when I was a kid and uh, maybe like once or twice. And uh, that's it. Hmm. Is is the first one the one with the cat, or is the cat in the second Cats one? Cat's in the second one. All right, so I watched the second one, too. I just watched the second one. Okay, and um, that's it. I have no feelings, really, uh, one way or the other on the movie. I, I am perplexed, however, that it is uh, excuse me, an icon among the youth who seem to have the same attachment to it that I have to uh, uh, fucking Rocco's Modern Life or something. <laughs> but unlike you i will never slander rocco's modern life no i love rocco's modern life and oh you're saying you that slander i slander shrek. shrek by saying that i have no opinions really one way or the other on exactly it. All right. okay <laughs> thank you for your shrek analysis aaron yeah. in this essay i will prove that you are a liar and a fool <laughs> <laughs> i hope that you have been like studiously taking notes of what I have said about Shrek through our throughout our entire friendship, and it's like you just put a dossier <laughs> on the table. Exhibit one of seven hundred and thirty-two. <laughs> Each one just meticulously in, like uh, marked with how drunk I was during making the statement. Yeah. This is my Roy Cohn moment where I have vivid details of track based traitordom and out you to Congress. <laughs> Excellent. So, listener, before I launch into a discussion of our Scottish Lord and Savior, I first need to establish my artistic credentials. Now, hold on. Yes. I'm going to take issue with this immediately. He's yes. not Scottish, he's an ogre. <laughs> Uh, ogres can be Scottish, but he's not. Is there Scotland? Uh, how do you know where the swamp is? It's not established, but well, no one it's else out, has it's outside of Duloc, but it's not. We don't know where Duloc is. Duloc is, a I mean, French arguably, Duloc. Well, you could say Loc as in you know the Scottish Loc. <laughs> yeah, How's maybe. It spelled? How's it spelled? Who Come can on, say? I oh, 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 that's that's a fucking cop out. You know, <laughs> how's it spelled, shark? D U L A C. You like say Francais. <laughs> oh, are we gonna say that nothing in the British Isles has a French name? I mean, huh? as as we've established, <laughs> huh? uh, all the English are really just French people yeah. who uh, refuse to acknowledge that they're French. They're the off-brand French. They're the off-brand, <laughs> off-brand French. No. That's a fun thing to do when you go to England, and if you go to kind of a rough pub, and you go up to someone and say, "So, how's it feel being French?" <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's a fun joke. Everyone loves it. They will laugh, and you will have a bunch of friends. Travel tips with Aaron Simon. Yeah, <laughs> just I like, like you should call Scottish people English, and they'll 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 also think that's hilarious. Same thing with the uh, Southern Irish people. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Well, well, you speak English, so that means you're English. You're all like... That's the thing I really hate about fucking American people loving the Queen is like we've done one good thing. <laughs> we did one good thing as a country and it was trying to kill those fucking people <laughs> and you're going to take away our one good thing yep <laughs> alright so we're so, done then right so yeah. I'm establishing <laughs> my credentials I <laughs> by passion and education unlike Aaron am a scholar Oh, <laughs> but right. I'm not just any scholar I am a scholar of the great works of philosophy and literature I am a classics major <laughs> Which, if you ask any classics department, is the smartest of all of the majors. <laughs> if you ask anyone who's not in the classics department, it's a bunch of just 
fucking assholes you don't want to hang out with at a party. In fact, if you ask some members of the classics department. (laughs) (laughs) I, unlike Aaron, have read the great works of history. I have journeyed deep into long forgotten temples of literature to revive the ancient (laughs) secrets buried there and bring them back for your witness, listener. I have done the hard work. One does not become a classics major because they take art lightly. No, one becomes a classics major so that they can be forever superior to scum-sucking genre fiction readers. In short, listener, I have done what Aaron Simon is afraid to do. I have lost my place in the script. Oh, you Um, fool. (laughs) I have done the work of learning what makes a piece of art truly timeless. I know why people still read Homer, Plato, and the Aeneid 2,000 years later. People read Homer. I mean, The Simpsons. If you put on closed captioning, you're reading Homer. The worst? (laughs) It is this secret knowledge that makes me truly able to explain why Shrek is a work of art that will outlive Aaron's petty modern criticism. Okay. Now... With that out of the way, there is one Shrek caveat that needs to be said at the beginning of this discussion. Not all Shreks are made equal. <laughs> but there's one Shrek, right? There's mm-hmm. how many is is Fiona a Shrek? Is no, Shrek, no, not, not is one Shrek. Shrek. Hold on, one no, Shrek. Hold on, hold on. Is Shrek the term for ogre <clears throat> in this not France? No, because no. they say ogre. But what if it's in translation? So, like, you know how sometimes in Star Trek Deep Space Nine, you have, like, the Ferengi talking to each other, but it's in English, but they're really speaking in Ferengi. So what if he's talking in in Ogre, and what you really hear is Shrek, whenever he says. Moving on from that, (laughs) I refuse to acknowledge that as a possibility. (laughs) Wow. Too many damn Shreks in this swamp. (laughs) Oh shit, she's turning into a Shrek. It's like how vampires are just, or you can call vampires Draculas. <laughs> Too many Draculas. Too many Draculas. <laughs> My new children's book, out soon. Too many Draculas. Too many Draculas. And it's just one of those conservative children's books about how you hate like a whole group of people through yep. an analogy. Yep. Yep. All these Draculas are coming up and taking our jobs and kitchens <laughs> and farms. All these Draculas are being flown to Martha's Vineyard. <laughs> uh, that wouldn't work, though, because Martha's Vineyard is solely populated by actual vampires. Yeah. Yeah. Does you think Martha Stewart owns Martha's Vineyard? Yes, that's why the Martha's is possessive. Yep. Martha apostrophe as a vineyard. Yeah. <laughs> oh um so while there are some shreks given to us by divine revelation there are those simply imitating the word of god even the devil can use ogres for his own purposes now these are the gnostic texts yes scholars like myself divide shrek into two groups as you pointed out yeah. there's the adamson shreks the original shrek one two and we allow shrek the musical has some divine revelation um, there are the then there are the non-canonical Shreks, okay. commonly known as three and four. I refuse to even acknowledge the existence of these heretical Shreks, so we won't be does, discussing them any further. Does Puss in Boots <laughs> count as one of the Shreks? I I hate you for this. I that's a legitimate question. He's in Shrek too. 
Yeah, no, but wasn't there a movie just about him? I feel yeah. like oh, there was, yeah. Yeah, that's a non-canonical Shrek. Okay. Yeah. Right. See? That, that doesn't... See? I, I had I am such a good observant of Shrekness that I had forgotten that even existed. Okay. That's what I'm All attempting right. to do with Shreks three and four. What other movies are there? so there's one, two, three, four. Yeah. There's Puss in, isn't there a sequel to the cat the Puss in Boots? I think there's like an animated series and a few video games. Okay. Oh, there's a Shrek the Halls. <laughs> I swear to God, Rachel, I thought you were gonna say <laughs> Shrek the Holocaust. <laughs> 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 and i was like oh no oh no what else is there describe to me the plot of that movie in 100 words is, or less it is a uh not even well-intentioned attempt <laughs> to explain the events leading to and of the holocaust two children using shrek as a framing device <laughs> where farquad is um Who's a good one? I guess Himmler. And uh, Shrek is, of course, a Jew, I guess. And Aaron, we get um, into all of this later in the script. This is just Shrek one. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> so no Fine. Shrek the Holocaust. Yeah, no Shrek the Holocaust. No Shrek's three and four. No Puss right. in Boots. We're not animals here. Okay. <laughs> Uh, those movies exist only to pull us from the light of the true Shreks. I will fight a war for a hundred years. I will kill all of Europe. Um, <laughs> what? Didn't think I get to make a Martin Luther joke about Shrek? <laughs> well done. Classics, mate. So does this make you like the Catholics in this point? At this yes. Point, okay, yeah, you're, the Catholic, you're the Catholic I Church. I am. All right. Uh, well, it hasn't been accepted as a religion, so I look at myself as more like Saint Paul. I'm like, okay. or maybe even Augustine. I might be the Augustine of Shrek. Okay, okay. Um, I'm exposing the true nature of Shrek's sure. spiritual brilliance. Sure. <laughs> Carry on, please. Okay, so <laughs> we're now out of the more heavily scripted portion. So. Oh God. <laughs> now, we're now just freewheeling discussing my Shrek bots now it's so, just gonna go fully off the rails <laughs> so jump in whenever you'd like um, before anything else I would like to discuss the most slandered part of Shrek by fools and liars the soundtrack all I remember is, is All Star it's fucking awesome I liked that show a lot, or that God. I liked that song a lot when it came out, and there were, I got a lot of fun memories of that album. Like the one it was on, it was a uh, Space Room. Was that the name of it? I think it was Space Room, but it was pretty fun. Like it was a. It was At a, this point, though, the only reason that all uh, who was it? That's Smash Mouth. Yeah, Smash, Smash Mouth. Mouth. The only reason that they are still culturally relevant, mentioned in any way, it's because, is because of, of yeah. Shrek. Well, I I think the reason I knew about that first, I think was mystery men because that song was in mystery men in the same context as shrek where it was like just thrown in at the end of the movie for some reason <laughs> like that that record label did a really good job of pairing it with with movies that were coming out mystery men if you have not seen it is a fantastic movie with ben stiller janine garofalo uh, the serious actor William something that that everyone likes and he's a good character actor but his name escapes me. Um, <laughs> excuse me, the guy who does all the voices for the Simpsons, 
whose name escapes me. Um, good Jewish man. <laughs> and then uh, there's the dude who plays the superhero. He's he's another guy that people know, but his name escapes me. And then the guy who plays Casanova Frankenstein is a good actor whose name escapes me. <laughs> so, I cannot recommend getting a booster shot and then recording a podcast episode the day after an office. Prime mental territory. <laughs> Just like it's the he's the English guy, but he, he Jeffrey Rush. That's his name. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <nice. laughs> yeah. Famously Captain Barbosa. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, but great movie. And at the end of the movie, uh they throw in all-star as the as the heroes are walking away arguing about their name. And it's because of that movie that I started writing. Kind of, oh. not really, but yeah. I for a long time the thing I wrote was a stupid series of stories about superheroes in Texas. That's cool, yeah. and uh, lifted it wholesale off of the Mystery Men because <laughs> when you're getting started writing, fan fiction is okay. In a way, you really have your whole artistic <laughs> career because of Smash Smash Mouth. Mouth. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what we're getting. Shoutouts to. Shout out to Even Pac-Man. though I think they're MAGA now. I don't know. Are they? I know they're still around. <coughs> Are they? I don't know. Yeah. They play festivals occasionally and they think that they're like important, but <laughs> <laughs> they're no chumbawamba. <sighs> they're no chumbawamba. Uh, who are actual geniuses who yes. are also 90s one hit wonders. Listen to more Chumbawamba listener if you have yeah. Anarchy, great album. Yeah, all their shit's fucking awesome. Yeah. They're in an arco punk band. They made one song that everybody liked. Yep. And all Show the rest business. of their shit is about killing <laughs> the government. They've got a great song called uh is it I forget what it's called, but the chorus is can't talk with a mouth full of shit. Yeah. <laughs> Do something about it. <laughs> they love that one. Yeah. They've also got a great song called Compliments of Your Waitress, which is about if you're mean to your waitress, she'll shit in your food. Which <laughs> <laughs> is really good. And, uh, what? So why wasn't Chumbawamba in Shrek? Um, that's a great question. I assume because they would have been too powerful together. Okay. Yeah, it would have been a really, <laughs> really good that, addition. Uh, all right, so now let's say this is there's a universe where that happened. This and is our Chumba- man in the high castle. <laughs> yeah, this is our <laughs> man in the high castle. And not only is Chumbawamba on the soundtrack of Shrek, but the actors are in it in various roles. <laughs> In this universe, the, the power of this film is such that it is inducted into the Criterion collection. Yeah, naturally. What would your perspective then change by virtue of it being in the Criterion collection? Well, then the Criterion collection would represent the true instantiation of art's freedom <laughs> rather than the rigid, rigid definitions of art that it represents today. Yeah, you're, no, you're right, because it's got Repo Man. Yeah. And as we all know, Repo Man is the most high yeah, class of movies. It's, yeah. It's, it yeah. Doesn't, doesn't have a long rambling thing about a, a dude talking about how if you hear someone say plate of shrimp, that's all you're <laughs> going to see for the next day. <laughs> I have no idea what you guys Which are is very about. funny because I was watching the movie recently. <laughs> You've never I, seen Repo Man? No. No one, sure, people have not seen Repo Man. <laughs> do <laughs> no I think one, Repo Man is way more popular than it is? You do. Repo okay. Man is fantastic. It's <laughs> a very young Emilio Estevez. Oh, okay. And the plot is just kind of meandering and rambly, but 
it's it, it's one of the most punk movies ever made. Like the circle jerks have several cameos in it as like a, a shitty lounge band. Uh, you, circle jerks were a, a LA punk band. Um, Iggy pop did the, the theme song. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. Um, Harry Dean Stanton is in it <laughs> and it's a great movie. Yeah. But yeah, there's a scene where uh, like Emilio Estevez is in the lot of this repo lot. And the janitor is this just kind of space cadet dude. And he's talking about just we're all like interconnected and people from the future going back in time, stealing or like or stealing people from the present and then putting them back in the past, which is why people weren't exist in the first place. (laughs) (laughs) But before that, he's talking about like how come like if you if you hear someone like just talk about something, we all share the same wavelength, which is why you hear someone say play to shrimp. That's what you're going to see. You're going to see like a plate of shrimp or someone's going to say shrimp or you're going to see like a plate with shrimp on it. <laughs> so I'm walking around town and I'm going to a movie and I go to the record store next door and in the window they had just written plate of shrimp <laughs> on a piece of paper and stuck it to the window. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. Oh. I think they did that because they were showing Repo Man there recently. That's probably no, they were they weren't doing that. They were showing Buckaroo Bonsai, which is another great movie. <laughs> <laughs> when I was young, I when I was like first getting into movies, I watched Repo Man and The Running Man in the same week. <laughs> and my brain forever crosses the plots of those movies into one movie, no matter how often I watch them. I can't extricate them from apart from each other because of their similar titles. That's great. Yeah. Do you know so... Running Man is based on a Stephen King book? Yeah. That's I forgot about that until recently. That's crazy. Rachel, Stephen... how lost are you? <laughs> Gone. Have, have you seen Running Man? No. What's your feeling? Are you are you surprised? I don't know. What well, what are your feelings on like dumb action movies? Uh, generally they're entertaining. I don't really seek them out, but okay, there's a time and place. I have a proposal. One of these days, you and you, you and you know, Redacted can come over, and I'll show you Running Man, and I'll make some like mac and cheese or something. Okay, <laughs> it's a cool. really great yeah. Running Man film before <laughs> he like became as like polished and yeah good at being likable <laughs> when did that come out that was 89 i think so Ignore predator was 87 this running man was also 87 <clears throat> okay all right i watched predator again recently that's another good one predator is king. now what do you think would be how would shrek hold up against predator shrek would destroy predator yeah why what do you why do you think that um because okay. i've never seen shrek lose a fight and i've seen predator <laughs> lose multiple <laughs> that's a good point but he's also won multiple fights. I think if you take 87 Predator as as the standalone, if this is the text, okay, and everything else is er, is is supplementary text, then I mean Predator's kill count of that movie is pretty damn good. Ah, uh, did he beat a dragon? Uh we he we don't know what the Predator's <laughs> is. <laughs> we are not I don't think humanity has proven ourselves enough. To be brought to uh, the Predator homeworld. And given the sheer uh, ability of the Predator 
to excel in combat. We can only assume that they had to evolve counter to things like dragons. <laughs> you see, listener, people might edit out Aaron and I rambling about 80s movies for what must be 10 minutes, but I refuse because I'm an artist. Podcast verite. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, I'm going to now, in an effort to produce more interesting content, read to you some of the songs from the two Shrek soundtracks. <laughs> oh, that's right. We were talking about Talking about how much I like them. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, All Star by Smash Mouth is a banger. We don't even need to discuss that. Yep. Unironically, it's, it's a fun song. That is the opinion you've told me <clears throat> that has surprised me most in all of our friendship. It's a fun song. I am shocked you're a Smash Mouth stan. I, I wouldn't say I'm a stan. I think like they have, again, that album. I think it's Space Room <clears throat> is pretty good. Like it's a fun, poppy rock. And it's like no matter where band. it is, no matter where you are, no matter when it comes on, you're just like, yeah, you start yeah. jamming. Yeah. yeah, it falls firmly into the Toto by Africa <laughs> genre for that reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Africa slightly higher. Yeah. Slightly yeah. higher. Like, I don't like either of those songs, but I love them whenever they come on. Yeah. Like, you would not, I would not go on to (laughs) music.youtube.com and search for All Star or any of, like, Smash Mouth stuff. But I, if they're on, I'd be like, I will enjoy it every time. Yeah. Yeah. Counter to what my enemies will tell you, I do enjoy fun. (laughs) You're a man of the people. (laughs) I I am a man of the people. That's what that's what everyone says about me. I I have very popular opinions. Yep. (laughs) Uh, It also has "I'm a Believer" by Neil Diamond, which is another banger. Wait, but it's the Smash Mouth. I thought it was Smash Mouth version. It is the Smash Mouth version of "I'm a Believer" by Neil Diamond. Yeah, Neil Diamond. I thought that was the monkey. He was the original. I think I thought it was Neil Diamond. It's the monkeys. No, it's Neil Diamond. It was written by Neil Diamond, recorded by the monkeys. Oh, Oh, interesting. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the monkeys have this. I keep seeing occasional opinions filter through the horror of Twitter about like how the monkeys are actually pretty good and subversive. Wrong. (laughs) I have not dug into it. I remember having one of their albums when I was a kid. But that's it. God, I'm gonna have to look that up now. I'm so you upset. are. Um. <laughs> well, wait, uh, monkeys didn't. What's the the one? Uh, I love the colorful clothes you wear, and the, the sunshine filters your hair. Mm. <laughs> da, 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 da. I don't think I know any of their Ah, uh, fuck! It's um. I'm good vibrations. Good vibrations. No, that's, that's the, the Beach, Beach Boys. Boys. That's the Beach Boys. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> How dare you slander those That's... dear friends of Charles Manson? <laughs> <laughs> Only one of them, I guess. But um... hey, yeah, this is... can you say that one of the Beach Boys was a follower of Tra- Charles Manson? No, they were just buddies. <laughs> the drummer Manson... of the Beach Boys hung out with Manson. Manson wanted to be like a music guy. He was his songs uh-huh. hard that. <laughs> But they're okay. not bad. Like, Are we t- who's the who's the the guy who tried to kill Reagan is now like trying to reinvent himself as a singer songwriter? I don't know, but I'll buy his record just because he tried to kill uh, Reagan. He's on he's on Twitter. Robert Evans occasionally retweets him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish that man the best. <laughs> 
Cash right, App in bio. <laughs> 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 like Wow by Leslie Carter also Don't slaps. Remember that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Best Years of Our Lives by the Baja Men. The Baja Men. Wait, yeah. I know that title. Best Year. Isn't that a Who song? I have no idea. I only know the Baja Men version of it. <sighs> song. Is a song recorded by Modern Romance. No? Okay. No, I'm thinking of something else then. Uh, I'm On My Way by The Proclaimers. Also nah. a banger. Mm-hmm. That's great. And The Proclaimers are fucking great. Like, yep. go They're pick up. fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, you get a second cover of I'm a Believer, this time performed <laughs> by Eddie Murphy nope. as Donkey, which is something we <laughs> all needed. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yep. yep. And of course, the Leonard Cohen song "Hallelujah." Yep, that's like that. So, what do you think about that song as like one of? Wasn't there like some awful fucking trailer that had a a very very morose version of "Hallelujah"? Yeah, it's the on it. it's the Rufus Wainwright version. Yeah, that no, I think or there's is, there's some other one that I'm thinking uh, of, but uh, yeah, no, I mean Cohen's good shit. Yeah, Leonard Cohen is, yeah. as Aaron would say, a good, mm-hmm. good Jewish boy. One of the king, one of the kings of the Jews. Yeah, <laughs> Leonard Cohen. Yeah, <laughs> like every good Jew, he becomes a Buddhist. <laughs> <laughs> and like every person I really respect, he gets all his money stolen from him and dies in poverty. Oh, <laughs> which yeah. is only sort of a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the last album was really good. If you if you listened to that, oh, it was very good. Leonard yeah. Cohen, yeah. yeah. And Rachel, what are your thoughts on Leonard Cohen? So we don't have to keep talking about track. I don't really <laughs> know much, if at all, about him. So yeah. we should just move on. <laughs> all right. uh, Sorry, yeah. Shrek one almost one best soundtrack. But it lost we'll out to it. Oh Brother Where Art Thou because the Academy that... is a bunch of fucking hacks. But oh Brother Where Art Thou is really fucking good though. <laughs> but <laughs> do you remember a... the soundtrack? Yes. Oh, all right. Fine. It has Man of Constant oh, Sorrow. Dave. Oh, and it has went down to the Won't you play me over for another year? And neither of those are as good as the Shrek theme. I don't even remember the theme. I remember all the pop songs. You'll remember the theme if you hear it. <laughs> you say that. And you're probably right. But, oh, brother, I mean, I get, well, all right. So that argument doesn't matter because, oh, brother, we're at that repurposes a bunch of old folk songs. Yeah. I like that one. More. The Shrek theme is one of the most iconic pieces of scoring. I'm going to, I'm going to listen. Okay. To it. Yeah. We need I'll, to give, look I'll give you a moment to look up. The Shrek this, theme. You could just like splice it in and then we get sued for copyright. Yeah. That's <laughs> I, I've always wanted to be sued. Yeah. So. All right. Let's fairy tale. What's the theme? What's the what's the title of the theme? Jesus God, the second track is Ogre Hunter's Fairy Tale Death Camp. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's Jesus. awesome. <laughs> Horrifying. That's really funny. <laughs> Holy yeah. shit, that's intense. I don't. It's the one that. that plays over the title credits. The the storybook thing. Yeah. Oh, yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it is used and very and there's so many variations and they change the keys around. They do so much stuff to it throughout the entire film that it makes 
fucking Williams look like a hack. It's brilliant. Sounds fine. Brilliant. Okay. <laughs> Rachel, thoughts? Just another act of genius in the Shrek. Uh, Bullshit. The Shrek world. That, your face. Thank you. Does Thank, not you that. Thank you, Rachel. Your face <laughs> indicates that you are just doing this to betray Aaron <laughs> Simon. Thank you for your wisdom. Uh, the soundtrack of Shrek One, objectively a banger. Um, possibly not as good as the soundtrack of Shrek Two, though. That's why I was going to say Shrek Two is just uh, what do we got? Tops, tops. Shrek Two was accidentally in love by the Counting Crows. That's okay. holding out for a hero, which is one of the most underappreciated songs of all time. Bonnie, it's Tyler's the best. Movie. Like, okay. se- the action sequence during that song in the movie also is Great. perfect. Yeah. yeah, it has changes by known fascist David Bowie. Still a good song, though. That's so great. What? Known fascist David Bowie. David Bowie was an actual fascist. He what? Was pro- he was pro-fascism. What? Yeah, talking <laughs> about how great fascism was and how Margaret Thatcher should like kill striking workers. Yeah, did a, not. All right. Very bad, dude. I very I know very little about Bowie uh, aside from his last album was pretty good too. But but he's yeah. like Nazi adjacent. Oh, okay. Uh, funky. I saw town. some horrible thread on Reddit about David Bowie. Yeah, and one guy was like, "Oh, he was apolitical." And that Absolutely should be an not. indicator that uh, he's probably. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna have to read about that. I did not know any of this. Me either. Oh, it's got Tom Point. Tom Waits. Yeah. All right. Uh, here right. is David Bowie quote Adolf Hitler was one of the first rock stars. Jesus Christ. Wow. Right, th- here we go. This is how our podcast becomes big. The description of this episode is just going to be me typing in David Bowie was a fascist over and over and over again. Well, the people need to know. Like, how come no one talks about this when they talk about how great David Bowie was? I I remember when he died and everyone was just rending their clothing and gnashing their teeth and be like, David Bowie taught me that it was okay to be weird (laughs) and strange. And and everyone said the same thing. It was just really performing all of their sorrow. And yet not a single fucking person said a goddamn thing about Lemmy when he died. Yeah, Lemmy, someone we can all actually respect. (laughs) Just a man who's fried his own brain after probably, I don't know, by the time he was 21 with vast amounts of cocaine. (laughs) Which is really the only revolutionary thing you can do. (laughs) Shout out to friend of the pod, cocaine. (laughs) Yeah, David Bowie also said, quote, I believe Britain could benefit from a fascist leader. After all, fascism is really nationalism. When was this? I, I'd be curious uh, if you if you can April chart... 1976. Hmm. Uh, no, that's something else he... earlier. He also had Nazi memorabilia in his luggage on a trip. Well, we've oh. established, like, we we talked about this in the metal episode, and my my hero, Lemmy, had a whole lot of Wehrmacht shit, so I, I can, I'm not going to Past judgment on that one. Yeah, <laughs> but okay. Is there any what did anyone like talk to him about this later on in his life? I wonder. I don't know. Hmm. But yeah, he is he is a he is huh. a Nazi sympathizer. Interesting. Bad guy. Huh. He also, to some extent, said bisexuality was a career move for him, which is like <laughs> mm, <laughs> not cool, so, dude. 
there I the Hollywood theater was maybe still is showing a documentary about David Bowie. So should I just start protesting? Yes, some absolutely. Signs, some clever signs. That was one of my least popular takes during the redacted uprising is you'd be sitting around in the park previously talking about like bullshit and you'd talk about music inevitably. And someone would be like, yeah, man, like one of my favorites is David Bowie. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, you fucking say I can't like George Orwell, actual fascist murderer. But you love David Bowie, God, actual those, fascist guy. Some of those fucking conversations were the goddamn worst. I think, I think that was after several months of being locked in there was a there was a part of me that was like oh i'm around other people again this is great and then some of those conversations like people are terrible (laughs) yeah i should have never left my house (laughs) (laughs) never leave your house never talk to anyone although yesterday when i was driving i did see a group of people protesting and they just had a bunch of signs that said stop having kids and I was like, yes, we need more. We need more signs like this. We need more protesters like Speaking this. Speaking of, do you know what else is on the soundtrack? A a track by Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds called People Ain't No Good. That is true. Also a great song. Nick Cave mm-hmm. and the Bad Seeds, very good. Yeah. There also, was a time. I Need Some Sleep by the Eels. The Eels are a great <laughs> band. Listen to more of the Eels. Yeah, I haven't listened to them in a long time. Yeah. But I need some sleep is always an appropriate sense. <laughs> yeah, always a good backdrop to whatever's <laughs> yeah. going on. Yeah, just you check in at work and people, would, hey, how is your day going? I need some sleep. <laughs> like everyone goes, yeah, Everyone's, me too. Yep. 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 It also has a version of Eddie Murphy singing the theme song from Rawhide, which is really yep. great in the opening and he i remember it. that yeah i remember that <laughs> yeah it's fucking hilarious and an antonio banderas and eddie murphy cover of living la vida loco which we always needed yeah always uh so i'm looking at imdb for my list and the 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 first list that is related to this is cartoons <laughs> A list of 47 <laughs> titles. So there are only 47 <laughs> cartoons. <laughs> that's all of them. We've, that's all that's of them. All the cartoons. <laughs> 47. Okay. It's important to note, though, that in the second movie, there is the part where Shrek is, and wait, no, is it the first one? Maybe it's in the first one when they're entering Duloc. And they get sung the Welcome to Duloc song. Oh, we're going to get very into that song. In a few Welcome right. to Duloc. We're all French. Welcome <laughs> to Duloc. We live in France. Welcome to Duloc. God. We eat snails. Yeah. <laughs> I know that song. <laughs> yeah, we're going to be talking about that song in particular. <laughs> Later on in the pod. Yeah. The Welcome from Duloc song slaps. Um, yeah, so the soundtrack is fucking awesome, and Shrek the Musical is way better than it has any right to be. Mm-hmm. If you it's haven't seen Shrek sentence. the Musical, see Shrek the Musical. Don't. There's so much more that you could be doing in, with your life. Have you than... ever seen Shrek the Musical? No, because it's a musical, and it does not involve Jews. You like the producers. It does not. Involve yeah. Jews. <laughs> Shrek. Aaron is a hardline musical Zionist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> My musicals only involve the state of Israel. These were only <laughs> written and produced by Jews. They're not about <laughs> Jews. 
I, I, I would say that uh, the producers, you know, written, directed by uh, by Mel Brooks, Max Bialystok, obviously Jewish, Leo Bloom, obviously Jewish. Uh, it's basically a big, you know, borscht belt shtick put to put to stage that and um, Feather on the Roof, only two musicals that are allowed. Uh, I will extend this to concept albums. So Tommy and gets a pass. Tommy gets a pass. What's a Tom- concept album? It's I mean it's like uh, you know it, it's an album with a distinct theme running through it that has uh, either just kind of an abstract theme or a specific theme. So like that's Tommy, completely different than a musical, Aaron. It's similar though. No, uh, no I'll say my ground there. I'm sorry, but uh, Your Honor, I have a point of evidence in the Devin Townsend concept album Ziltoid the Omniscient <laughs> one character says uh, now I did the podcast where it gets even too niche for me <laughs> where he's, he says I'm not going to help you by the way I hate musicals so thus this album <laughs> Ziltoid the Omniscient is a musical I rest my case filibuster <laughs> the greatest of all concept albums comes from Jefferson Split which one uh, Jefferson Starship's concept album. Oh my God, how am I forgetting the name right now? That's it's a weird title. About the Starship. Holy shit. Um, That's a Starship. Holy shit. Fuck me. We're going to edit this out so I seem smarter. <laughs> oh my God, I can see the album cover. Well, yeah, it's probably got like a UFO or some shit because it's. Fuck <laughs> <Are> you. <laughs> it's a great concept album where Jefferson Starship. Um, tells this story about a group of people leaving Earth facing ecological disaster who need to rise up as the working class and kill the bourgeoisie who are trying yeah. to get on the starship and okay. they free themselves from the earthly bounds and go on a seed ship to another galaxy after killing the oppressive regime. Okay, cool. Yeah. Great fucking con- Oh, It's a fair wind that blows against the Empire is what it's called. Oh. Okay, so it's a Star Wars musical. No. Oh. So much better than Star Wars. Don't you fucking say that. You watch your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Shrek the Musical is so good that unironically, the song Who I'd Be from Shrek the Musical was the number one played song on my Spotify this year. <laughs> All right. That's, That's how pretty I, good. Fucking good it is. Here's the thing. On my Spotify playlist this year, it went Who I'd Be from Shrek the Musical. Okay. Then it went Jazz by the rapper Mick Jenkins. Then it went another song from Shrek. Nice. All right. I, I don't I, I part of me wants to you use Spotify be, so I can like do I can play along with the metrics game, but mm-hmm. I just don't like it and if, I when I first started using it, they required you to have a Facebook account tied to it, and now I can never remember my fucking passwords to it, and yeah. I don't. I just don't want to deal with it. So. I currently have an issue where I need to change my. I think it's the email that's associated with it, but I can't actually get into that email anymore because it was a college email, and now I'm just like locked forever into this yeah. one, and I can't make any updates to my account. It's really fun. <laughs> yeah. and it's like all right. So here's here's my thing with musicals, is most of the musicals I hear, the vocals are just two major key. Mm. They're all it's just clean singing. 
to an absurd it, it's fine it's fine if you if you like it that's wonderful it's not for me well let me tell you something about the song right. who i'd be by shrek in shrek the musical <laughs> you're not gonna <laughs> like it huh you're not gonna like it okay <laughs> it, is, it is all of those things all right it is the most broadway song i've ever yeah heard. it's uh, it's a thing it's, i got with broadway stuff I, it's just it's, it's a breathily sung song about oh, an God. ogre who wants to find his place in the world oh, and it unironically slaps but like that if just you, it, like on edge every time you, I hear a breath singing. I mean, I get it though. Like now that I understand your your viewpoint about why you hate musicals, yeah. I I get it. It's just yeah, yeah a different a different it's type. Not of for me. Sure. It's not for me, and it's fine. That's <laughs> just like you 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 two probably won't like Ziltoid the Omniscient. I don't know Shark might, Rachel, <laughs> you might. I don't know. Perhaps. Uh, we uh, uh, so wow, Rachel that was, and I... that was a big backpedal immediately. <laughs> that was a big Donald Trump. Well, you could use a ladder, kind of. <laughs> um, Rachel and I have a, a, a mutual friend, former coworker, who I started like getting into metal, and uh, sent her this, and she just cannot stand the the character Ziltoid. Like looking at it freaks her out. <laughs> <laughs> I remember seeing this album cover. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh. That's great. Yeah. So again, I'm 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 glad you like it. <laughs> if you want the thing that might make you like Shrek the Musical, Aaron, is if you watch the clip from Who I'd Be, it's one of the most surreal things I've ever seen on a stage. Cause a man slathered in green paint <laughs> is <laughs> singing about his internal <laughs> landscape to another man who's kneeling dressed as a donkey. <laughs> <laughs> And it's surreal, and you like that. It's weird, and you <laughs> like weird stuff. I do. I do. I do. I liked reading about the Spider-Man musical. Yeah. I, all, uh, did you like all the people that got hurt? Is that what you... No, yeah, that I, I. every time I read about someone getting injured because of the stupid stunts, I just clapped. And I went, <laughs> yay! No more Broadway musical! <laughs> blood for the blood god! <laughs> Uh, there is a part of me who just oh. reflexively dislikes Julie Taymor because of her Mac, her specific brand of maximalism really just gets me. Uh, and there's a there was a fun book that came out after that kerfuffle. Uh, that was a pretty fun book about that play. That's all oh. I got. <laughs> Do you like breathy musical singing, Rachel? Are you like a musical type? No, I mean, I'm not like, a, I was never in theater, but I do appreciate a good musical. Yeah, I've yeah. seen a couple what do you like? in person. Um, let's see. Well, I got into musicals, I think, through like uh, Phantom of the Opera, of course. Um, Wicked, I've seen, which was awesome. Oh, you'll um, like Shrek the Musical then. Yeah, things. I would assume yeah. that I would. You'll be into yeah. it. It's very good. Um, yeah, so... All of those soundtracks slap. We've established that at this point. Well, Anyone who says differently is a fool. All right. Um, <laughs> guess I'm a fool. Yes, you are. Um, <laughs> and my final beef that I need to take note of with musical stuff is that if you dislike Shrek because of its use of pop music, I also expect you to dislike Casablanca, which heavily features pop music of the day, and yeah. the movie Yellow Submarine, which is just pop music. I, but, that's a fun one. Yeah, like, it's a great you, fucking movie. Right, 
And Rachel, have you seen Yellow Submarine? Once. Okay. Yeah, I don't remember much of it, but yeah. How high were you at the time? <laughs> Unfortunately, I was in high school, so I was sober, yeah. but yes. Uh, that, well, it, I should watch fun. it again. Hi, yeah. that'd be fun. Uh, the last really time good. I was in Texas, my dad had it on, and I just I was doing something in the kitchen, and I just kind of found myself just transfixed. Yeah. <laughs> I would also say Tarzan has good use of Phil Tarzan Collins, does. like pop, like current, um, well, music of the time, like. We're not talking about the one with Brendan Fraser. That's George of the Jungle. That's George Animal. (laughs) Another movie whose hill I will die on as a great work of art. The Fraser verse. Why? Why would I? Oh, we're doing another episode on George of the Jungle. That's our next. I I remember nothing about it. (laughs) Have you ever seen it? When I was a kid. Okay. Fucking amazing. Okay. Also, early two thousands, Brendan Fraser can get it. <laughs> I big fan he of the Mummy. So good looking. Um, the Mummy. I hear the the new movie he's in is good. The Whale. Yeah, I heard he was actually like a good actor in that like, movie. It's like Darren Aronofsky, right? Yeah. Strange. <laughs> I saw someone throw up on Twitter like Brendan Fraser's in. I think it's Darren Aronofsky. It's yeah. some director you wouldn't expect. And there's like Brendan Fraser's in a Darren Aronofsky film. We've crossed the like point of believability in this timeline. <laughs> which is correct. I oh remember when his, uh, Aronofsky's version of the Noah story came out. <laughs> awesome. And, like the I never saw it, but like the evangelicals were enraged by yes. it. And I don't know why. Because I never saw it. So do you care to explain in the Shrek episode why <laughs> the, uh, the Aronofsky Noah movie, this episode that is about uh, vulgar auteur movies, the Shrek series, we're going to be talking about <laughs> Darren Aronofsky, who is the opposite of, of vulgar auteur. Um, as, so... as Rachel just completely checks out <laughs> <Sorry>. that <laughs> film theory thing. <laughs> Um, so it was like a movie that tried to make Noah like a real human being okay, and not some weird biblical person and it doesn't really mention God all that much Okay, so people were like fucking livid Noah was the drunk one right like the 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 waters receded and the first thing he did was got blitzed Um... I think that's possible a lot of people get really hammered I think so and like I, I think it's the the Noah story that ends with like him getting very drunk and one of his daughters being like, we need to repopulate. The, the oh universe. no. You're Go thinking, the- you're thinking of Sodom and Gomorrah. And no, I hold on. No. Cause that's how it goes. Sodom and Gomorrah. Gets, it's my favorite Bible scene ever. And everyone forgets it exists. Sodom and Gomorrah gets burned to ashes and Lot and his daughters escape and they're in a cave. And then his daughters are like, everyone's dead. We don't need to verify this. We need to get our dad really drunk and then rape him. It's like, what? I, I, all of these fucking sites are goyish. I want... There we go. Chabad. All right. Shemin is the son God damn it. Okay, yeah, I think I'm conflating it because yeah. he got drunk and his sons covered him up because he was naked. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's, that's not. Doing. Yeah, he got drunk and was naked in front of his kids, so they covered him up. Not yeah. he got drunk and he was naked in front of his kids, yeah. so they had sex with him. Yeah, a whole right. different Bible yeah. thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, conflating it. <laughs> oh yeah. 
Um, Bible studies on. with Shark and Aaron. <laughs> Dude, that's a podcast I would love is just like page by page go through the Bible and be like, this is the craziest fucking thing you've ever read in your life. <laughs> it is the craziest fucking thing you've ever read in your life. It's, it, it, you know, multiple people working on it. No one's talking to each other when they're writing no. these stories. No. There's like a one-off scene that I'm addicted to where someone's in the desert and an angel comes and he's like, hey, angel. And the angel's like, we're going to fucking wrestle. And he's like, what? oh, yeah, that's um, yeah, that's Jacob. It's awesome. And then he wrestles yeah. the angel. Yeah. Why the fuck is that in yeah, there? So the, the name Israel is like wrestles with angels. Why the fuck is that in there? Well, all right. So, I mean, the alleg- metaphor here is the nation of Israel, the Jews uh, wrestle with angels we have to like part of the thing about judaism is you have to struggle with like how do you bring this text into life and work with the lessons in it to make your life work while adhering to the lessons in the text and like metaphorically that's wrestling with the angel it contributes nothing to the narrative arc of that portion of the bible though well, sure, but there, there's a lot of that in in the Torah. It's I'm just, just saying, like if you tried random to get, fucking excursions, off if, to, you, if yeah. you tried to get the Torah published today, they'd be like, absolutely oh, yeah. not. You got to oh, cut a absolutely. bunch of this shit. Yeah, yeah. They, <laughs> editors would pass on that immediately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, look, 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 Moses. If that is your your actual name and not a pen name, uh, you got it, it. This is a weird blend. You have like murder mystery, you have sci-fi, you have horror, you have like southern gothic elements in here. Pick a lane, Moses. Yeah, if you could just make this more easily identifiable as a genre, the reader needs something to latch yeah. on to. Have you considered book? turning this into a young adult book? <laughs> I just don't see this getting popular in the right markets. Yeah. We need a four quadrant hit that's going to be picked up for movies, okay? This is not it. <laughs> we love the misogyny, though. That has to stay. <laughs> yeah, that's going to stay. Some of the themes. <laughs> <sighs> okay yeah so the score of shrek is good oh, yeah. <laughs> uh next not really worth noting but the animation rocks it was great for the time it holds up today yeah. it's good animation pretty stylized and that's the way yeah. that you want to go with animation because yeah. otherwise it's going to get dated real quick yeah and like i just watched all of them it still holds up it's very good you said that's like an annual thing that you do i watch shrek once a year yes yeah. my <laughs> annual thing is i watch tombstone once a year oh that's a good one Tombstone's very good. Tombstone is good. I go through like a mental health crisis approximately once a year. Got and it. when I do that, I watch Trek. I watch 2001's The Mummy. And I watch Wild Wild West. Because they all okay. make me feel better. Yeah, yeah comfort movies. I get that. Yeah. yeah, that's important. There's nothing like watching Will Smith fight a mechanical spider. Really <laughs> make you feel better. A confederate mechanical <laughs> spider. Yeah. I remember when that came out. And that was... A, it was one of the first movies I remember walking out of being like, just, I don't know how I felt about that. I think I liked it. <laughs> you know, it was, I don't know. When did awesome. that come out? That came out. I think it was the early 2000s. Yeah. 99. 99. So I saw that when I was 12, I guess. Maybe 11. Yeah. I remember. Huh. <laughs> it's very good. Kevin Klein. Without being good. Kevin Klein's great in it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Speaking, speaking of casts of movies, the cast sure. of Shrek and Shrek 2 are both unimpeachably awesome. 
Eddie Murphy is great in it. Mike Myers yeah. is great in it. Um, mm-hmm. John Lithgow is fucking incredible. John Lithgow does not give a bad performance ever. Yeah. Just saying again, Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai. He's in it, and he bases character off of Mussolini. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> uh, Vincent Cassell rocks in the whole film. Wait, which one is he? What's uh, his character? Vincent Cassell in Shrek plays... So Vincent Cassell, Aaron, you probably know him from um yeah, one movie would you know him? Black from? Swan. Yeah, he's great in a lot of stuff. In Shrek, however, holy shit. He plays a few things. Um he plays It's really good that you found uh, that Robin plugin. Hood. Yeah, so that I can make myself seem smarter. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Eastern Promises, he's in that. Yeah. He plays Robin Hood, and he's great in Shrek. Oh, he is good. I love him. Yes. He's very funny. Gay Robin Hood. Uh, I'm sorry. He is Monsieur Hood. Yes. Giving more credence to this being fucking France. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I always remember, like, sorry, I was thinking about Cameron Diaz. She's great in this. She's great, yeah. Oh, he's in La Haine. What were you gonna say about Cameron Diaz, though? I don't know. I remember like being a little bit sad when it was her when the first, when the movie first came out, but then like you know, I just she did a good job, and I just kind of forgot that I didn't really like her in the first place. In the yeah. as a uh, Fiona, but came yeah. to love her. Yeah, no, she hasn't really done a lot in a while. <laughs> she just always, yeah. As, I just think of her as like a rom com person, but that's not probably accurate at all. No, I mean, Van- Vanilla Sky is one of the ones that she's like, it's like the weirder movie that she was in. Mm, never seen it. Who directed that one again? That was Cameron Crowe. It's a weird one. Uh, yeah, he, yeah, she just kind of fell off the face of the earth, like a gap from 2014 to 2020. Sure. She's in The nothing. Other Woman, which was pretty good. Doesn't sure, wrong she's, in, she's in The Mask. Mm-hmm. Oh, yep. Yeah, a, a classic <laughs> film. The truly she's in Gangs of New York. Cameron Diaz is in Gangs of New York. Yeah, she's um, mm. DiCaprio's love interest. I had absolutely edited that out of that movie. Yeah. <laughs> she's not bad. She's got a bad accent, but you know, otherwise, not bad. Uh, uh, and being John Val- Malkovich, she's in that. Of course, great yeah. movie. Um, and she's also in Shrek Two, which yeah. features Julie Andrews. Ugh. The Queen. And John Cleese, who are both awesome in it. John Cleese is in it? He plays King Harold, and he's fucking yeah. great. Okay. Antonio Banderas, obviously. The cat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rupert Everett plays Prince Charming. Jennifer yeah. Saunders plays the fairy godmother. Joan Rivers has a cameo. Yeah. Larry King has a cameo. <laughs> yeah, as an ugly God. stepsister. <laughs> There are They're so many movies where they like this the specific niche of movies, and I don't think you'd see it too much anymore. Maybe you do, but like, and no, I guess you do with like Sing and Sing Two, those kind of things. Uh, yeah. But like the oh, yeah. the big animated movies where they have celebrities cameoing them as themselves, basically. And I feel yeah. like Larry King did that a lot. Yeah, I mean, he's cameoing as the ugly stepsister. Yeah. In this, but yeah, yeah, he's, he's very I, good. You will not be surprised to learn that my grandmother had a huge thing for Larry King. 
No, not at all. So Larry King was always on TV when I was living with my grandma. Of all the newscasters. Yeah. (laughs) So that's all the things that I feel need to get out of the way about like the nitty gritty of Shrek. Okay. Now we can get into the real part of the script that I want to talk about. <laughs> Our longest episode to date. Five hours on Shrek. Uh, I starved to death as we talk about Shrek. And ironically, I might have more hours worth of stuff to mention. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, so let's talk a little about storytelling. <laughs> Rachel's sitting there, oh, I got the house to myself this week. I'm having a great time. I'm going to talk about eight hours of Shrek today. <laughs> 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 Okay, so... Oh, um, wait, does Winnie want to chime in? Yeah, can you hear her? Yeah, what, what are her <laughs> thoughts on Shrek? Uh, intruder. Oh. <laughs> uh, so, Watching. we obviously, whenever you're talking about storytelling, you have to take stories in the context and purpose they're written. Sure. The purpose of Shrek isn't to write some like avant-garde masterpiece. It is to satirize Hollywood. Okay. To do this, it's written in the style of a modern, high-budget Disney blockbuster. Yeah, this format came about because big studios wanted safe plots that everyone likes. And now it's the entirety of of the new new movie industry. Yeah, it's all of it. Yeah, there's... Yeah. Although I'm going to go see 3,000 Years of Long tomorrow. That is a good movie. Again? Yeah. It's a good fucking movie. I saw Mad Max like five times in theaters, so this is... Yeah, I, I gotta. I like George Miller. That's fair. Yeah, <laughs> very strong opinions on Mad Max from Winnie. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Fucking loves Mad Max. Yep. Rachel looks down. Her dog just got a spray can with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, her barks translate to witness me. <laughs> Squirrels oh. looking down at her, shouting mediocre. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, because they want movies that everyone likes, Hollywood's heavily influenced by people who claim they've found universal truths about storytelling. These people can all go fuck themselves. Um, (laughs) but if you do follow their basic structure, their paint-by-numbers stories, you'll almost always make a film that sells decently if you have a big advertising budget, which is all they're looking for. To understand this style and how Shrek co-ops it into something genius we have to first analyze how hollywood pumps out this stream of liquid sewage and these befouled waters flow largely from the anuses of two men joseph campbell and sid field oh i thought you were gonna say the russo brothers also the russo (laughs) brothers and jj abrams and you know abrams is attached to uh the new constantine movie oh good akiva goldsman who is an awful screenwriter is i think directing it nice. so that's gonna be that'll be good real good um you ever... 
infinite pain and sorrow washing through Rachel's eyes. I just have once again no idea what you're talking about. So JJ Abrams <laughs> is the talentless hack who who did like the the new Star Trek movies. Yeah. And uh two of the new Star Wars movies. Uh he did one good movie, Cloverfield. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then he did the two bad new Star Wars. Yeah, he's, he's bad. He likes lens flares a lot. Yeah, he. I hate. He is a. So we're talking about storytelling. He advocate proponent, I guess, of um, this technique called like mystery box storytelling, where you you give the viewer a mystery with no indication of what it is, and you just let it sit in the background and let that be the reason people keep watching so he he did the show lost oh and so like (laughs) yeah mystery box is like what's up with the island what's the smoke okay i got it got it got it Uh, which was quickly revealed through the show lost to be a horrible storytelling device oh yeah yeah so akiva goldsman is a yeah he's been doing a lot of the new star trek stuff like picard uh, Discovery. He produced King Arthur: Legend of the Sword, which is a movie that uh, does not exist. It's really bad. Uh, I went and saw it in <laughs> theaters, oh. and we all smoked weed in the parking lot beforehand. And yeah. my wife, who doesn't smoke a lot, got like eight times higher than the rest of us. <laughs> so we all got out of the movie, and we were like, "Wow, that was really bad." My wife was like, "That was." fucking awesome <laughs> <laughs> so she remembers king arthur legend of the sword is like an incredible film <laughs> yeah so he has written this is akiva goldsman he has written uh the screenplay for divergence insurgent oh divergence Rings. insurgent is that the name of one film or two <laughs> the, the divergent series insurgent <laughs> they didn't name a movie divergence insurgent no it, it's, i couldn't process the title <laughs> That's um, a shame. he did the screenplay for the dark tower that was also not great not great story of star trek discovery a few episodes mm-hmm. star trek Stra- strange new worlds the new one Okay, Card. so our feeling is we don't really like him. We don't really I don't like, like him. him. Okay. No. Okay. Anyway, but I don't to get think back he was to in, it. Yeah. Joseph Shrek. We'll start. He was not because Shrek's perfect and he's a hack. Um. Yeah. So let's start with Joseph Campbell. Have you heard? Oh, of he Joseph also Campbell, wrote Batman Rachel? and Robin. No, I have not. How incredible <laughs> for you, Aaron! I assume <laughs> someone made you read Joe Campbell every year you no, were in college. I've never had to read him. <laughs> Thank God, but every you have fuck- an English degree. I know. I Lord got away from mercy. I I am very stubborn, Shark, and I will refuse to do these things. Uh, so that's one of the reasons that I uh, kept clashing with the head of the creative writing department to the point <laughs> where she like, tried. I won't read Jessica Campbell. Well, no, because I didn't like that style of like mm. you have this arc that you have to follow in order to write a good story, and I was like, I don't want to do that. And she tried to fail me, and. uh my mentor stuck up for me and his contract was not accepted. Dang. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So Joseph, that perfectly summarizes Joseph Campbell. He's this, <laughs> he's this misogynist who taught at an all women's college who came up with a theory about how all stories are actually the same story called a monomyth, which is a series of archetypes that explain all stories. Jungian archetypes. <laughs> yeah. Fucking weirdos like Joseph Peterson absolutely love that. Uh, 
absolutely love uh, Joseph Campbell. Um, he's the worst. His idea is that um, a young man, often raised poor, sets out on a quest, either willingly or unwillingly, after receiving help from a wise guide, rescues a princess, returns home changed. Okay. I knew that, like, I knew that that, like, concept existed. Someone, like, I knew knew the thing, but I guess I just didn't put the person with attributing yeah. to the creation yeah. you know, thing. Yeah. Really fucking, yeah. It's, like, a super popular concept now. It's everywhere, like you're saying. Like, everyone loves it. But he sucks. This is a really bad version of storytelling, because, like, he taught at Sarah Lawrence. Okay. And he told all the women in his classes that they, like, couldn't be part of the hero's journey because the hero's journey was about men while teaching at an all-woman's college. I mean, it makes sense, right? Yeah. This is, <laughs> he fucking sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And in, 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 for my perspective, I mean, there's, there's, there's a certain strain of writer school and writer thought that's like you have to follow a trope mm. in order to tell a story Ew. and I've, i think that's very very boring and i know a guy who is better than that but he keeps sticking to it and i blame joseph campbell yeah yeah because his his like impact is outsized for like a weird intellectual like some people who list him as an influence are Stanley Kubrick, Dan Harmon, The Grateful Dead, all of Disney, Jim Morrison. Uh, oh, that makes sense, though. Jordan but, Peterson. Yeah. Uh, Jungian archetypes. George Lucas. Yeah. Big fan of Joseph Campbell. Lucas is such a fascinating dude. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, every movie you've ever watched has ripped Joseph Campbell in the monomyth. That David was produced Lynch. by a big budget Hollywood <laughs> <Okay>. studio. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I don't have to debunk this. I'm going to include a great piece in the LA re- from the LA Review of Books in the show notes about how what Joseph Campbell does is collapse 100,000 years of storytelling into Star Wars. Down, <laughs> yeah. No, that's, mm-hmm. yeah, like yeah. A, a lot of, again, I, I, I <sighs> George Lucas is a strange man. (laughs) And most of this just involves him saying that women shouldn't be a part of storytelling and that ensemble casts don't exist, both of which are opinions you can have, I guess. Um... (laughs) Meanwhile, Mary Shelley is screeching from from another dimension. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Agatha Christie screeching from another direction. Dimension. (laughs) Uh, He fucking sucks. Um, the the second poopy tide is known as three act structure. Yep. Yeah, that's that's one of the things that I get I uh, I butt heads with my my other writer buddy about is he's very into like act structures. And yeah. Take it away, Aaron. What is the three act structure? All right. Basically, you have first act is establishing the stakes and the plot. Second act is like the actions happening. Thing people get betrayed. They do things to each other. They have things done to them. And then they, the third act is the resolution. Okay. Having it's, no background in film or storytelling at all. I totally knew that already. So good. Okay. Yeah. And it's like, it's kind of an extension of, um, to go like full writer theory. It's like an extension of Shakespeare's five act structure. 
Mm. where you know the first act is like yeah everything happens and then you have like rising action falling action denouement all of that kind of stuff that you may remember from like um and the way it works is um it's it's translated into this three-act structure which has become like the bible for mainstream storytelling and uh screenplay writing and you can even see it in in tv too although it's like very compressed Okay. with television because you're working with a lot less time Makes unless you're sense. doing like a prestige show where you can get away with an hour and a half episodes for some reason but i would prefer for um uh fuck what's it called what's it called aaron the dragon she show ha- oh, oh the new God. one the new one or the, the awesome original dragons? one oh game oh, of thrones game of thrones thank you yeah. oh my yeah. god yes <laughs> uh so it yeah all right you have the three act structure and i don't know if you're gonna go into the shark but then that got even further mutated by a guy whose name i cannot recall surprise surprise but he's a big like screenplay theory dude and he's a uh if you've seen adaptation which you nope okay skipping that so there's a book called uh save the cat and save the cat is like one of the bibles of mainstream storytelling along with joseph campbell and all of this stuff about three act structures and basically it it distills a 90 page screenplay 90 to 100 page screenplay into plot beats that you have to hit at certain pages in the screenplay with the assumption that one page equals one minute of action on the screen and um which right there you should know it's a fucking absurd idea well i mean it kind of works out it depends on what you're writing um it it, i i'm all right with that as a guideline i'm less i'm less good with distilling a uh, a story into specific plot beats that you have to hit and the reason is this is what the audience expects and you have to deliver what the audience expects Otherwise, you're going to get Last Jedi'd. <laughs> so the thing that makes great art exactly fulfilling everyone's expectations. Yeah, and I don't know, like the the book. I so I took like a screenwriting class in undergrad, and it it uses popular films as examples to kind of uphold this and say, like, look, here's how Taxi Driver does this, and here's how Godfather does this, and blah 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 blah. But there's like a difference between. Even like, you know, these classic movies, which are still pretty, not mundane, but non-avant-garde, right? Mm-hmm. Between There's like a difference between that and like Yodorovsky's Holy Mountain or El Topo or like anything David Lynch made outside of the movie Dune, where you you you, you expand on these ideas and you go into strange directions that don't deliver what people want. And anyway... Three act structure. There you go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's how Hollywood creates stories by and large to this very day. And um, <clears throat> Shrek does this better than any other movie ever. It is a perfect three act structure. Shrek is introduced yep. perfectly in the first act. We get all the characterization we need. A conflict is introduced that bridges us to the second act where Shrek faces various trials and tribulations to converge the plot back to the initial inciting conflict and overcome the initial hurdle. It's perfect. It does it well. It's the best told Hollywood story of all time. 
So all you're telling me is that I'm right to be bored by this movie. No, I'm telling you that any, even a boring story structure, when taken to its logical extreme of perfection, is mm-hmm. good. Okay. The three-act structure right. exists because it is satisfying. Joseph Campbell's monomyth has something to say. And Shrek smooths out all the things that are bad about these two things, <laughs> making it perfect. It turns it into a glossy magazine that you that you flip through and then... It slips off of your mind perfectly, allowing you to never think no. about it again. No, 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 no. It is overproduced, <laughs> but it is not Jonas Brothers overproduced. It is <laughs> Thriller overproduced. It is oh, okay. Elton John overproduced. It's it You is, would say that it's maximalist. I would say yeah. that it's maximalist yeah. in a way that is I absolutely think that fits considering how it ends with a... <laughs> best of sing along to the, the song All Star. <laughs> Maximalism fits. <laughs> it is a perfectly told story. Okay. All right. And... So, Rachel, your homework assignment. Okay, are you ready for this? We need uh, a a five paragraph essay on where you stand on the three X structure of storytelling. If you can deliver that by the end of uh, this week. <laughs> project managed project managed uh, <laughs> I'll put it on the Gantt chart oh, <laughs> don't talk to me about Gantt charts Aaron <laughs> I hope I never see one again <laughs> what else you got for us uh, secondly Shrek is Praxis Praxis it's, it's, a, uh, it's okay. a it's a it's a politically perfect film and it's a film uh, whose methodology we should all follow explain uh shrek opens with someone who is content living a solitary life free from the politics of his day shrek is an anarcho-primitivist start of the film (laughs) he doesn't see the importance of class solidarity he thinks he can live outside of the class conflicts raging in his world and he doesn't even have an opinion on colonialism when we see him squeezing a grub onto a stick to brush his teeth. Um, very quickly, however, though, Shrek realizes that even though he has been lightly pitted against the political structures of his world previously by like bands of raving lunatics, um, there comes a time when everyone will have to choose a side in the coming class war. <laughs> this is when his swamp is expropriated by the government of Dulak and turned into a concentration camp for oppressed peoples. Don't remember that. They Wait, so our jokes about creatures. That. Yeah, it's when they just all like come down on his swamp and he's well, like, get the fuck out of here, but then they can't. And then he's like, I'm going to go fix this problem so you can get out of my swamp. The yeah. whole thing. <laughs> Don't remember it being a, a concentration camp. There is literally a scene where informants are selling fairy tale creatures to the government for money and they're being led away in chains to the swamp so our jokes earlier about shrek the holocaust were more <laughs> I, I said i would get to it all right <laughs> and i'm getting to shrek the holocaust all right um shrek then realizes that um the trials of colonialism have come to the place where he lives But he does not develop class solidarity at this moment. He thinks that he 
can become a soldier for colonialism and save himself the brunt of the problems. You see this mirrored in gay British colonialists like James Brooke, who dominated Indonesia despite being gay and the British Empire hating that. Yeah. Or Alan Turing, who was killed for homosexuality despite literally winning World War II. But um, Shrek... They, becomes... they really... Did they talk about that in that movie? In Shrek... No, in the Turing movie with uh with his name, Cumberbatch. No, they, they don't talk about Yeah, no, not really. They get to his suicide, but they don't talk about the fact the government fucking killed him. Okay. Uh yeah. So Shrek <laughs> takes Shrek. on a mission. <laughs> There's a diatribe on Alan Turing and Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> Shrek turns to camera. <laughs> his eyes are dilated. Red veins shoot through his his orbs. <laughs> Shrek. Let me tell you. <laughs> um, this is the shoot mission he sent on by Lord Farquaad. Lord Farquaad says, "You get the princess. I'll leave you alone." Which, as all oppressed people know, always works out. Yeah, it's not a promise they ever live up to. Um, whether it's Alan Turing and his homosexuality, or we're just trying to send the Jews to a nice farm upstate in the Rhineland. <laughs> or any of those various things <laughs> it's not real it's a lie a um, nice farm upstate in the Rhineland. that's what they said i know but just phrase that way. <laughs> <laughs> um this becomes clear because um when shrek enters dulak there is a song titled dulak is a perfect place Duloc is a perfect place. It's a great place where everyone lives. It's so much catchier than that, Aaron. <laughs> It'll get stuck in your head for days. Is, is it like the uh, The World Belongs to Me song from uh, Cabaret? Uh, catchier, even. Okay. That's a good um, scene. If you haven't seen that scene, that's a good scene. The important lyrics from Duloc is a perfect place is here we have some rules let us lay them down don't Tomorrow, make waves Duloc. stay in line and we'll get along fine Duloc is a perfect place I'm gonna listen to the cabaret song <laughs> you will listen to me talk about Shrek for four hours <laughs> there you go there's the cabaret song I've linked it yeah. is it like that exactly <laughs> Just, like that alright <laughs> so yeah um Farquaad, in general, is obsessed with perfection. Duloc is halfway between a theme park and a suburb in its aesthetic. Yep. He has a song about staying in line. And um, Shrek will never, ever fit into this aesthetic, even if he becomes a good colonial soldier. He will always be outcasted. So he accomplishes his mission. He saves the princess. He doesn't slay the dragon, which is a great inversion of the trope. He has his animal familiar fuck it but it's whatever animal familiar shrek is a um ranger uh yeah shrek is a level i don't think he's a druid <laughs> no yeah. and, and it's not really an animal companion because donkey represents leon trotsky but <laughs> shrek is the shrek is the proletariat he's and, dirty and he's gross is shrek four when donkey gets an ice pick to the head yeah exactly okay and Donkey is the voice of reason trying to build class solidarity with Shrek. He's Leon Trotsky in this analogy. But, um, um, yeah. So, 
once he eventually does that, he comes back to Duloc and realizes the importance of class solidarity and a rejection of the pacifism he'd showed earlier in the film, where he was unwilling to kill or do great violence unless attacked. And he becomes a true revolutionary, and they kill Farquaad, thereby overthrowing the monarchy. Him? I don't remember that. The dragon eats him. Oh, yeah. Okay. He succumbs to the influence of Donkey, who had urged him to do this earlier because Donkey's Leon Trotsky, mm. and actually engages in violent revolution against the state, showing us the limits of pacifism and the limits of appeasing colonialism. Shrek yeah. is praxis. Okay. All right. We're all on board. That seems that that's a decent argument. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, the, 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 the romance bit is a little weird because it's only when she becomes an ogre that he's in. Isn't that right? Not quite. Okay. Like they, from what I remember, they like just start to get along better, and he's like very like aware that he's an ogre and that she's a princess, and like it's not going to work. But they like still develop a, you know, a relationship. Kind of, I don't know. Shark, yeah. am I remembering this correctly? Yeah, there's some there's some tension, some romantic tension before okay. she becomes an ogre full time. Yeah. So it's not fully saying. That it's only okay to be in a romantic relationship with someone of your kind. Uh, it's in fact never saying that because a donkey fucks a dragon, Aaron. That's a Not good trying point. Trying to make right. this movie That's... racist. <laughs> it's in fact got an interracial love story in it. So and I like how they don't just they don't address right. it at all. Like right. Shrek, uh, dragon and dragon and Shrek, the, or donkey. Wow, I cannot talk. Today. Everything is Shrek. Yeah, the I Shrek and the Shrek. It. This is what they, we're doing. They, we're rolling it with is it. Interspecies it romance between the Shrek and the Shrek, <laughs> <laughs> while Shrek and Shrek are also engaging in their own romantic courtship. There is a truly terrifying bit in the third Shrek where Donkey and Dragon have children, and they're like Donka dragons, <laughs> and they're terrifying, and I don't like them. <laughs> <laughs> Donkey dragons. They're not great. They're little demon monsters. Um, yeah. So Shrek learns about the difficulties of colonialism and that you need to violently overthrow the state and that class solidarity is important. Those are the three big messages of Shrek. Okay. And lastly, we realize that Shrek is talking about the corporatization of fairy tales and fantasies as a tool of the bourgeoisie for oppression. I'm proud of myself. I spelled bourgeoisie right there on the first try. It only took 11 <laughs> years of reading Marx. Um, it is a direct response to Disney and the copywriting of classic tales. Shrek is saying that like these fairy tales where we tie a clean bow on them and where everyone's pretty and everything's perfect is innately a tool of repression because they will always edit out um, as you can see right now with the Little Mermaid thing. Uh, mm -hmm. Anyone with darker skin They'll edit out queer people. Wait, do they? Know. Are they editing her skin? No, people oh. are just fucking mad. Okay, all right. That's that's what I know. I was like, yeah. are, they, are they fucking lightening her skin to make her acceptable to people? <laughs> all right. No, this isn't Aladdin where he's drawn lighter as the movie goes on. Yeah. Um, Shit, really? Is he? <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. Or so I've read on the internet. I haven't watched Aladdin in a long time. Yeah, I'm not. Wait, you're talking about There's... the animated version of yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. There's a really good movie about genies called 3,000 Years of Longing that uh, you should go see. Oh, I haven't heard of it. Do you like that movie? It's a good movie. You know, I'm, I'm going to go see it again tomorrow. That's... <laughs> yeah. So 
Shrek is telling us that we shouldn't have a fairy tale or fantasy version of storytelling. We should ground our stories in the reality of who and what people are. Could you also expand this to uh, be an argument against pure ideology? Yes. Shrek is very pro-diversity of tactics. Yeah. Saying perhaps, like, maybe uh, you should work with people who you don't agree with 100% of the time. Um, Aaron, I don't think that can possibly be true. <laughs> <laughs> Never works. In fact, if you are working with people and you have a disagreement about something, you kill should them. break off. Kill them. Or kill them. Yeah. yeah. Break off, form, so, your, form another party, smaller, or kill them. Yeah. Because Shrek is learning about political ideology throughout the film. You have the like outright violence and radical revolutionaryism of someone like Dragon or Donkey. You have the neoliberal appeasement of someone like Fiona. Uh, uh, but all in all, like Shrek realizes that both have their place. Does Fiona start throwing Molotov cocktails? No, she's always a okay. neoliberal. She's okay. from another class, in fact, and True. teaches Shrek that like... And so, dare I say this, you might not have to kill everyone in the Glorious Revolution. So, Rachel, as our resident uh, Orthodox Marxist-Leninist, <laughs> how much rage do you feel at this? I don't know how to respond to that question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I, re I really don't know how to respond. To that's okay. <laughs> so that's a Shrek politics. Okay. It's brilliant. Right. It's the most politically perfect movie ever made. Okay. Um, and that's just Shrek one. Shrek two. <laughs> God. <damn>. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is my favorite thing. <laughs> um, in Shrek two, we are Shrek the fewer and... notes we take, the longer the episode goes. <laughs> Shrek and Fiona go to a place called Far, Far Away. I will not let Aaron coo me out of making him listen to Shrek for four hours. <laughs> um, they go to a place that's a stand-in for Hollywood called Far, Far Away. In this, we find out that Fiona... going to start playing Metal Hellsinger during this. <laughs> in this, we find out that Fiona is the daughter of the king and queen of Far, Far Away, the rulers of Hollywood. Um, but her parents are effectively strong-armed into making decisions by the fairy godmother, who is the true ruler of Far, Far Away. The fairy... Is this a movie where they do a bit about godmother and it's a riff on the godfather? Yes, exactly. Okay. <laughs> and the fairy godmother runs a business that literally sells happy endings that people take to... <laughs> <laughs> talking to his dog in an effort to not deal with me talking about Shrek <laughs> he looks so pleased Barry and I both have this <laughs> he looks like he's like half sleeping did you wake him up from a nap no he just really dislikes being picked up <laughs> okay okay oh. yeah uh, so in this, the king is ruled by big business who sells happy endings. They're the pharmaceutical industry who try to fix people's problems by just giving them drugs. Um, to solve this problem, the king resorts to the criminal underworld. The very people he criminalizes 
he then goes to to kill Shrek to solve his problem of having an ogre as a child, proving that legality is always for proles, not no. big businesses nor rulers. Wait, wasn't she the daughter of Farquaad? Mm-mm. No. Why was she a princess? She's the daughter of the king and queen of Far, Far Away. Oh, and she's getting. She was supposed to be married, married to the to dude. Yeah. I thought Farquaad was older. No, she's supposed to marry oh. Farquaad. Okay. Um, it's just I mean, the age Lithgow of Farquaad doesn't really matter. That's true. Yeah. Well, okay, go on. So when you make the laws, you obviously ha- don't have to listen to them, is the point of Shrek 2. See the Kennedys working with the mob, the FBI selling crack, Iran Contra, or anything else the government does. Shrek 2, also a politically perfect movie. Okay. <laughs> Trump having no repercussions for stealing classified documents. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Shrek is pointing this out, Aaron. It is telling us what to do. All right. Which is storm their castles with a giant gingerbread man. <laughs> <laughs> These people deserve violence. And that is what Shrek 2 is saying. Okay. That's not incitement. It's just an analysis. It's not incitement. <laughs> it's just facts. It's just facts. <laughs> just analyzing Shrek, not inciting people to violence. <laughs> Don't kill your congressman because I said Shrek 2 told you to. <laughs> um, <laughs> important disclaimer. This is this is Gen Z poli- <laughs> political violence inspired by Shrek. <laughs> I don't know. The people on the podcast told me that it was Praxis. <laughs> I named my assault rifle Gingerbread Man. <laughs> well, when you read about me on the news, that's what it's going to say. Yep. <laughs> and lastly, as you will be pleased, Aaron, this is my oh. final point. Is it Wait, final point of just Shrek 2 and then we go into the musical? <laughs> no, we're okay. not going to dig into Shrek the musical because okay. it's just right. Shrek 1 with songs. Okay. Um, <laughs> lastly, Shrek is an important spiritual text that should be read carefully to help us navigate the complexities of a modern world. Okay. <laughs> um, I mean, now, when you say, like... <laughs> are, are we... Are we uh, do you have copies of the shooting script? No, you watch okay. the movie. It's a text. The movie can be a text. Yeah, I'm just curious as how you <clears throat> annotate this. Uh, you don't need to annotate a spiritual text there. It reveals itself <laughs> to you through divine revelation. Oh, that's why you're, you're a fucking Christian. I knew it. <laughs> I want no Christians in my car. No, com- no, I don't want no communists in my car. No Christians either. That's a repo man quote. <laughs> my thinly veiled shot at having to read so much rabbinical shit in my undergrad (laughs) yeah very thinly veiled (laughs) completely went over my head i hate spinoza (laughs) oh i like spinoza he's fun (laughs) i like maimonides i'm not into spinoza maimonides Um, is also good yeah the rambam Um, (laughs) he's got a fun little nickname rambam (laughs) <laughs> so fairy godmother and farquad both in some way are about like a pursuit of a perfection of the self okay farquad through the perfection of society and thereby the perfection of the citizen fairy godmother as a treatment of your own spiritual ills and therefore a perfection of your internal landscape both are bullshit um 
So we, you're telling me that you're not a Buddhist. Uh, <laughs> I am a Buddhist, and I'm about to get into that. Oh, 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 oh all right. Oh, much like Leonard Cohen. Um, <laughs> the idealization or the fairy taleification of our own mental health is something you see a lot in modern society, uh, whether it's like beer commercials or mental health drugs, which some people need, but aren't obviously going to solve all of your problems. Um, or the idea that making more money can make you happy. There's this idea. Thank that... you for clarifying that so that we don't wind up being an anti mental yeah. No, health fucking podcast. take your pills. I've taken <laughs> some pills, but I know that pills aren't going to like not make me the person that I am. Yeah. That's what booze is for. Yeah. <laughs> it's not what booze is for. Don't take that seriously. <laughs> <laughs> um. Pursuing mental health perfection or pursuing a happy ending are both things that stories tell us we need, but both are an inherently flawed concept. Um, Attaining better welfare is a progression, as shown in something like Buddhism. You're striving to become enlightened, not enlightened. And in the movie Shrek, where the (laughs) conflicts are never truly resolved, but only improved upon. I'm... I'm going to send you uh, my favorite Buddhist text. Well, this is probably Hindu, actually. It is uh, interpreted by a Greek theologian, a group of theologians, really, that that go by a collective called uh, Rotting Christ. It's a link to a metal song, listeners. (laughs) So (laughs) that's what I have to say about Shrek. And the donkey is Leon Trotsky. <laughs> what is um? Where does where does where does Puss in Boots fall? Uh Puss in Boots is obviously some of the Eastern European mercenaries who fought for the Soviet. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Um. How about how about dragon? So does the dragon have a name or is it just dragon? It's a dragon. It's dragon. dragon. Dragon is obviously the embodiment of the revolutionary will of the worker. Donkey being Leon Trotsky, dragon is the violent arm of the state that carries out the Trotskyist will. Okay. But right. because it's Trotsky, not Stalin, it's the correct will of the okay. people. Okay. Approved. <laughs> yep. Um, what about who else is a character that I <laughs> <Sure>. know? <laughs> that exhausts my knowledge of the characters in Shrink. Fiona represents the solving of class conflict with the rejection of all class. She's yeah. a member of the aristocracy who can then become one of the proletariat by renouncing her class privilege, much like anarchist Peter Kropotkin. Perfect. All right. I was going to say like a fictional Romanov. No, like actual Kropotkin, Prince yeah. of Moscow. Yeah. yeah. That's a shame. I mean, yeah. All right. yeah, all of your um, analyses, I think, is exactly the reason why all children should be able to and be shown in school, um, Shrek, because that way these things get ingrained yep. at a very low level without them even knowing. And then when they get older, that's when it comes back and hits them you're like wow shrek really did make an impact in my life exactly this this must be why it turned out the way that i did even though the movie didn't really make much of an impact the lesson that's what you think well i'm I'm getting there hold on (laughs) the lessons stuck with me so i don't remember the details but i remember the lessons much like 
I've read like koans for Zen, but I don't remember any of the details, but the lessons. Yep. Yeah. I believe it's uh, Marcel Proust who says that um (laughs) (laughs) insufferable classics major trying to just LARP as a creative. The books that I've eaten have fed me an equal amount to the meals that I've consumed, whether I remember either of them. (laughs) The only thing people need to know about Proust is in Little Miss Sunshine, where Steve Carell's character has a mental breakdown because the only thing he's done is is read Proust and make a career out of it. I don't know if you you definitely can't see this listener, but Aaron and Rachel look exhausted. <laughs> which was truly my goal today. This, this is a different kind of exhaustion from the Punisher episode that we recorded previously. Oh, I'm happily exhausted. I'm gonna go watch Shrek after this. So. <laughs> Hell yeah. um, oh. I don't know. I, I probably won't watch Shrek after this, but I respect it. I respect it a little more. This is also the culmination of a joke from two years of friendship where I one day set out, I said I would set out to prove to Aaron that Shrek was one of the greatest movies ever made. There, I, I just Aaron remember. said I'll never listen to you talk about Shrek for long <laughs> enough, and he was wrong! I just remember uh, there was one time I went over to your place and we were, it was a group of people all in the living room crowded around an air conditioner <laughs> and i said yep. <laughs> and i said something about not liking shrek forgetting that i was <laughs> on average six years older than everyone in the room and everyone <laughs> erupted into a k like a, a cacophony of disbelief <laughs> yeah the reaction was akin to like you running over the family cat when you pulled into the driveway <laughs> it was like a similar level yeah. It was I'm just, surprised you didn't get sat down right there and made to watch Shrek immediately. I tried to go on this very rant, and Aaron said, I'm not going to listen to you talk about <laughs> Shrek for four hours, unquote. <laughs> See, I knew it. I knew you'd been taking notes. <laughs> so, Rachel, you were already on the camp of pro Shrek. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, did, did you have similar analyses prior to this? No, I was actually sure. thinking that this like shark's analysis was something like way I would not have been able to like connect the dots or not been able to, but like I've never looked at it in that way before. But I totally agree. Never have been stupid enough to deep dive into No, I've just been now. I've been so on the surface level. I'm like, oh yeah, this is funny. This is enjoyable. I I like it. <laughs> Little did you yeah. know it was liberal indoctrination? Uh, yeah. So now you've been uh, Shrek filled, ascended another level. Yeah. So now I'm even more in the Shrek camp, yeah. and well, yeah. What color is the is the pill? Is it green? Yeah, the Shrek pill is green. <laughs> you when you become Shrek filled, you take the green yeah. pill. All right. So, I, listener, I'm glad you could join us for a. <laughs> It, it Two feels year like old four hours. Inside joke <laughs> with myself that I got to carry to fruition gleefully today. Though it has been only an hour and a half, it feels <laughs> like four hours of past. It's been two hours. Has it been two hours? Okay. I don't and really change. Solid two. Yeah. Yeah. All right.
and hear you. So what? Uh, okay. Well, yep. Thank you for sharing. Uh, <laughs> I feel like the only <laughs> appropriate exit here is for one of you to. I've already sang this episode to sing uh, uh, whatever the fucking uh, all star or I'm a believer. This is now karaoke night. Karaoke night. No, that's another person who was part of Shrek's cast in the DVD actors of Shrek 2. You can watch them all do an American Idol style competition singing the songs. From oh, them. is that where the, the movie Sing comes from? And Simon Cowell uh, guest stars as himself. Oh, I think I've seen American I Idol I version of Shrek too. God, amazing. Damn. <laughs> Simon Cowell. I that that is a guy I I happily forgot existed. You I think he's still doing the same thing. Oh yeah, I'm sure. I mean, the guy has made unlimited money. He typed in, he, he opened his, his console commands on his game, and he said, greed is good, and that's what American Idol has done. Yep. So that's, yep. that's, a, that's a joke about cheat codes in <laughs> Warcraft. So <laughs> you have Warcraft, I don't know which game, just type in greed is good, might be Age of Empires. Give it a shot. <laughs> it's one of 38 games it's one of 38 rts's that came out between 1998 and 2005 i was trying to think of the sims cheat code for unlimited money but i forgot you know they're releasing sims 4 for free really in october yeah oh, good i mean the dlcs are still innumerable and all like 15 bucks but i think i don't know how much they are cool base game this is a video game podcast where we talk about great <laughs> deals that you can find on old games. <laughs> I'm gonna go outside. 